is Scott Richmond, the director for New York and New Jersey for ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, coming to you from the front lines. ADL is on the front line every day fighting anti-Semitism and hate, and this show brings that to you from the WVOX studios in New York. For those of us who lived through the horror of 9-11 and its aftermath, it's hard to believe that it's been 20 years. The details are etched so indelibly in our minds But our reflections in these 20 years are about more than just what happened on that day and in the weeks that followed. They're also about the intense hatred of the other that led the terrorists to attack the United States. It is about how far we have come since then in the battle against hate and how far we still have to go. That is the subject of a very special edition of From the Front Lines. And I have invited a really esteemed colleague to join me. Kenneth Jacobson is my guest. Known as Kenny to me and to his fellow co-workers, he is ADL's National Deputy Director, and he has been at ADL for an incredible 50 years. He was in the ADL office on September 11, 2001, and with the organization every day since. I cannot think of a better person to join me. Thanks so much, Kenny, for being on today's show. Hi, Scott. What was it like at ADL's international headquarters in New York City on 9-11-2001? Well, you know, it started off, as everyone commented, it was a beautiful fall day. We we were hosting a meeting. Our offices then were building right opposite the United Nations. We were hosting the former Deputy Defense Minister of Israel, Ephraim Snare, uh, a very brilliant uh, guy who was analyzing the Middle East situation. And I got called out to go down to my office because someone said there's a plane that hit the World Trade Center. So I came down, saw the video, and the first video looked like a small plane because it was very distant off. So I thought, well, maybe it was an accident, then sat there for a while. And, of course, the, the second plane hit, and obviously it was once again, it was clear that it was terrorism. I immediately went back upstairs, spoke to the chairman, meeting was disbanded, and everybody went off and away. Uh, but I uh, went down to my office and had uh, Minister Snare join me in that office watching the terrible disaster taking place right before our eyes on television. And, uh, of course, the rest was a terrible day. And uh, whenever I'd run into Ephraim Snare, ever since, he would always say that. I always remember that I saw, I watched all that horror taking place in your office. So it was the media and obviously... Like everybody else, with the office closed, and I, I live not that far from it. It was amazing to watch the traffic on the streets. Every on the streets, everybody was walking. The public transportation was out, and people were in the days. So it was, you know, it was over. And I like to say that um, this is a national tragedy for America. One of the greatest tragedies in American history. For New Yorkers, it was both a national tragedy as part of the American trip, but it was also uh, a very personal tragedy. Everybody seemed to know him. I lost a cousin that day, but you talk to everybody and seemed to know somebody. You know, the people who died that day represented the diversity of New York, and uh, it was really a personal thing. ADL's mission is to fight hate in all its forms, and, and we're literally on the front lines of that battle and have been since our founding in 1913. But suddenly hate resulted in a catastrophe that, that seemed to affect everybody. Can you reflect a little on, on what changed that day in the battle against hate? 
Yeah, well, I, I think, uh, you know, and we're speaking at this time, you know, 20th anniversary, the season of the high holidays of the Jewish community, a time for reflection. And it's a time where anti-Semitism is surging in a way that even someone like me has been around, as you said, forever, hardly experienced it in our lifetime and other forms of hate uh, as well. And... Uh, Many of the things that came out of 9-11 are still with us uh, today. Just to mention a few, uh, I came up uh, at that time with a theme, which became a ADL theme at the time, was that 9-11 was the day that hate became everyone's problem. And the point being that, as you noted, ADL as an organization has been fighting against hate since 1913, our founding. But what the message we were conveying was to the average person, it, it may have seemed very remote to you, but now you recognize how the kind of hate that's expressed, whatever that hate, in this case it was extremists in the Muslim community, that it could affect your lives in the most direct and personal way in this terrible tragedy. And so this theme of, of hate becoming everyone's part is one that I think we still talk about, which is no individual in society should think that hate is someone else's problem. It's everybody's problem because it has an impact uh, on all of us. And the second theme that came out very strongly a few days after the terrible matter was there were attacks on Muslims across the country. Our Dallas office, uh, a, a mosque was shot at, and our Dallas director had a press conference with the imam saying this isn't the way you deal with the terrorists and the terrorists. And we took out a full-page ad in the New York Times with the theme of don't fight hate with hate. We must go after the extremists and the terrorists, and we must deal with that terrible problem and look what it brought, but don't stereotype Muslims or Islam. And so that theme is, of course, still that relevant today. I always like to say when, when things happen within a community, don't talk about of being a problem about the community because that's just stereotyping the vast majority of people within a particular community who are not involved in the terrible behavior. On the other hand, it is a problem within the community. It's a real problem. You can't simply ignore it. You can't simply say don't stereotype. You also have to deal with the real problem. In this case, it was Islamic extremism. There are other examples of that. So you have to separate it out as a problem within the community and not about the community. And that's what we were trying to say with don't fight hate with hate against Muslims. And the third one, which is a theme which I think has more relevance than ever today, is that what was clear to us and really should have been clear for some time is that hate has no monopoly. Uh, it can come from the right, it can come from the left, it can come from the majority community, it can come from minority communities. And our responsibility, I think everyone, is to stand up against it in a nonpartisan way wherever it comes from. And as I always say, my mantra is the way, particularly with regard to anti-Semitism, but it applies elsewhere, which is how do you know if someone's serious and really wants to fight it? And it's not someone on the left saying all anti-Semitism comes from the right or people on the right saying it's all the problem of the left. It's a willingness to stand up against it wherever it comes from, particularly when it comes within your own party, with your own ideology, within your own community. So I think that's a basic lesson that there's no monopoly on hate. 
And if we're all serious about dealing with it, we should do it on a nonpartisan basis. I know that's difficult these times. And that message certainly resonates today. We talk a lot about uh, the the polarization in our society, and that that's an important message for dealing with that. Uh, we're coming close to the end of the show. I just want to end with some some good news. Talk about some positive changes in the battle against hate uh, in the, in these past two decades since nine eleven. Yeah, I, I think we've made progress with hate crimes laws. ADL was the really the developer of the model hate crime legislation in the 1980s, but. We have now reached a point where 46 of the 50 states have hate crimes laws. We were the main pushers of federal hate crime legislation. I think there's a recognition that addressing hate crimes, prosecuting, educating about hate crimes is a vital part of creating a healthy society. So that I think we've made progress. And I always like to say that despite the fact we're living through the most difficult time of anti-Semitism in decades, uh, where there's actually new Jewish insecurity. You used to, a lot of us suppose you say, why are you dealing with anti-Semitism? It's so long ago, Father, we don't hear that anymore. At the same time, the American public in all of our polling is not more anti-Semitic. In fact, it was pretty close to the low end of anti-Semitic attitudes, which is a, which is a good thing. Uh, and the other thing is, is uh, I think the peace, is, the peace in the Middle East with Israel, the Arab countries, is a good sign that can transfer here to Muslim Jewish relations. All right. These, so these are some good notes. These are some good news to uh, end on. And Kenny, despite the topic, it's been a, a treat to spend time with you and to learn from you. Thank you for being my guest and thank you for your extraordinary service to ADL and, and really all of humanity in devoting your career to fighting hate. Thank you. And of course, a big thank you to the listeners who tuned in too from the front lines and for the podcast audience please subscribe to this podcast on apple podcasts and spotify to ensure that you do not miss a show just search for from the front lines 